Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. What was the difference between Judas and Peter was Peter still understood grace and knew that he was forgivable. Judas didn't believe he was forgivable anymore. Mm -hmm. And what did he do? And I've told on this as well. This revelation of the tree is Judas. What did he do? He wound up hanging himself, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the ultimate plan of the enemy. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries, who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services, who does all of our financial accounting. Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained. And Life Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up and don't know what to get them? Well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to ChristinaPereira.org slash podcast. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader in the body of Christ with me today, and he's actually been on the podcast before. He is a prophet to the nations. I have with me here today, John Natali. John, welcome Hi, back Christina. to the Oh, thank you. Welcome yeah, back. Thank you to very the... much. Yes, welcome. I'm so excited to have you back. It makes me so happy when people come back because that means I did my job really well. <laughs> and we brought Jesus out and we have fun doing it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's an, always an honor to be a part of what we can do. Remember the testimony of Jesus, right? The spirit of prophecy, That's right? right? Testimony of Jesus of what he's done in our lives. The enemy hates testimony. Yeah. And even that doesn't necessarily mean we're giving testimony of tremendous breakthroughs. We're giving testimony of that even when we're in a place of struggle, that we're being real and transparent and trusting God. Mm -hmm. And that's just as much weight as when you give a praise report. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord is honored by when your heart is revealed and the enemy hates when your heart is revealed. Because that shows humility and just confidence that Jesus is our source of hope and our strength. Mm, I love that so much. You know, I had another guest on the podcast not too long ago, and she said something really powerful that is right around those lines. Mm -hmm. She said, we wait too long to tell our stories. Yeah. 
And then I thought, man, that not that the truth? Because you're right, we wait until we share this tremendous breakthrough. But what people connect with the most is when we're right in the middle of the real, the raw, the messy, when we're praising God, when our child has passed away and we're saying, you know, no, I, I know who you are, Jesus. You're not going to leave me like this. That's right. So good. So, yeah, you get into that place where if we're not staying in that anointing and staying in that presence, and it's not just for when we're in a meeting. Mm-hmm or to conference or church, that anointing is available 24-7. But we have to make a choice every day. Every hour, we have to make that choice because the enemy spends so much time trying to keep you away from being the light. You know, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I used this last night in our show and I watched this movie the other night. It was called Let There Be Light. And it was just about an individual that doesn't believe in God, and then has an out-of-the-body experience after he has a car wreck and mm-hmm. sees his son, that his young son that passed away when he was only like four or five, six years old. And the Lord gave him an encounter with the little boy. That was what got him back. And he heard those little sons say, let there be light. And we have to make a choice every day to grab a hold of the Spirit of God or, you know, just fall prey to what the enemy wants to do and cause you to shrink back and get you into a place of absolute despondency. Mm-hmm. You know, and we were talking earlier in First Kings 19, Christina, it says that Elijah went into the cave and stayed all night in verse 9. And the Lord speaks to him and says, why are you here? Why are you here? And now God obviously knows why he's here, but he's questioning him because he wants him to answer. And we see that so many times in the Bible where even in the New Testament, Jesus, when Jesus was about to do miracles and the disciples didn't have any clue on how it was going to come to fruition, especially with the feeding of the four or 5,000. And Jesus says, what do you have? And he always makes us open up our heart. And he says, I'm Elijah, why are you here? And he said, Lord God, all-powerful, I have always served you as well as I could, but the people of Israel have broken their agreement with you, destroyed their altars, killed your prophets and sword, and I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. So I want to get into this cave. That's what he's basically saying. I want to get into this cave because it's a hiding place. And now I'm feeling like you're not showing me that you're going to, protect me. You're not going to take care of me. I'm in a place of isolation and bondage and fear. And I really feel like that I don't really have much to offer anymore because there's someone that, you know, we know that's Jezebel and Jehu that is going to make it a mandate now that they're going to be literally in my shadows 24-7. So unless you deal with them, I'm not leaving this cave. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. The enemy wants to shut down your voice Mm -hmm. and get you into a place where the only thing that you're releasing is frustration. And the Word of God also says, we know that the spiritual rule is the Word of God says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And two, it also states that, you know, there's blessing and cursing, whether it's speaking life or speaking death over a situation. And the only way that we stop the forward progress of our own lives is not by any man or God. It's 
by when we make a choice not to. Mm. So that's why the Holy Spirit, that's why Lord said to Elijah, go and stand in front of the mountain and I'll pass by you. And, you know, it wasn't the wind, this wasn't the strong wind, it wasn't the earthquake, and it wasn't that. It was the gentle sound. And all of a sudden, the voice came to again, came to him again and said, why are you here? And what is it basically what happened is I really am convinced that Elijah, there was still a mandate on his life to deal with Jezebel and Ahab. Mm. But what happened? He wasn't the go-to person now. He had to go anoint some new people, right? He anointed, you know, Jehu and Hazael and anoint Elisha. And these three individuals basically carried it out. You know, we saw what Elisha did. We saw what Jehu did. But he missed it. Mm-hmm. He missed it because he got into that place of dealing with an incredible, monumental, prophetic breakthrough and victory of 450 prophets. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you that the enemy doesn't need a large mass of numbers that, you know, when you're on top of a mountaintop with 450 men, that in the natural could have easily taken you out, right? Mm-hmm. Physically, if you let them, instead he deals with them and has no fear. But one particular lady, he was completely afraid of. The enemy didn't need the multitudes. He needed just one person that carried a different type of demonic presence that obviously, come on, here we go now, that obviously there was an open door in his life that the enemy was allowed to use this person to affect. And he hadn't taken authority over that scenario. So the enemy used that scenario to get in his head and get into his mind, get into his heart, get into his soul. And then he was convinced that everyone else is dying and so am I. And he spoke the words. And once he spoke the words, then the Lord had to make a decision. Okay, now we've got to pass that mantle now. Because we can see that you've already made an agreement with yourself and with the enemy that you basically, you know, you've thrown in the towel and you've called it quits in the spirit realm. Yeah. Because the Lord had to ask him twice, why are you here? But, you know, we have the opportunity through grace to come back over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And as long as we don't give up the grace, as long as we understand that we're going to fall short, we're going to fail, mm-hmm. we're going to get into a place of, yeah, I'm, I'm weary today, but I'm not giving up. We all do that. I've done it. You've done it. Every person in ministry that I know of has done it. Mm. And that's when now you go back and now you look at Peter and you look at Judas and you see where individuals are denying God. We see that Peter denied, he denied the Lord three times, right? Mm-hmm. Denied him three times. I have never denied Jesus in a crowd ever. And I'm never going to as the Lord gives me strength. But he denied him three times that I don't know him. Judas basically did the same thing, but what was the difference? And Judas even threw back the money, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He threw back the money because he knew, he knew that what he did was wrong and he knew who he was dealing with. He knew that Jesus was the son of God. But what was the difference between Judas and Peter was Peter still understood grace and knew that he was forgivable. Judas didn't believe he was forgivable anymore. Mm -hmm. And what did he do? And I've told on this as well. 
this revelation of the tree is Judas. What did he do? He wound up hanging himself, didn't he? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was the ultimate plan of the enemy. Check this out, Christine. The ultimate plan of the enemy and the ultimate plan of Jesus, there was a lot of things going on. Jesus died to hang on a tree, right? Mm -hmm. For our sins. But what did the enemy do? The enemy understood it, got wind of it, understood the destiny here to a degree. And then guess what he does? Because he's constantly in the realm of mocking and discrediting and dishonoring. What does he do? He gets into the head of one disciple and sends him to a tree before Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we have a disciple hanging from a tree. Yep. I know. Before it, the king of the universe is supposed to. I know. And the crazy thing is, is if Judas would have just waited. That's right. The grace would have been more than enough. Right. All he had to do, because Jesus didn't call him to be a disciple to set him up to fail. Come on, God. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jesus doesn't do that. If Jesus did that, that had been abusive father and the Bible disqualifies itself. Yeah. Jesus gave him an opportunity. And in our lives, the Lord gives us opportunity to overcome the very things that we struggle with. So he will give us things to steward so we can overcome it. And obviously the very thing that the enemy used against Judas was what? Money. Mm. He used money, 30 pieces of silver. And what happened? The very thing that obviously Judas was in charge of, right? Because Jesus gave him, and he was in charge of the treasury, it said. Mm-hmm. Finances of the ministry. And the very thing that he was in charge of, he got what? Manipulated by, deceived yeah. by. So obviously, why didn't Jesus give it to somebody else? He didn't do it on purpose for him to fail. He did it so he can overcome Mm -hmm. and not be dependent on finances. So basically, he was deceived by the Sanhedrin, Mm -hmm. by the Pharisees, to sell Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. That's it. That's why you sold him out for 30 pieces of silver, in which you threw back anyway. But that shows you that there was something going on with his past. Mm -hmm. And you can see that throughout all the disciples, every one of them. I was doing a teaching on it the other day as well. And then how it reflects our lives, that what you're dealing with today is more likely to be something that you dealt with in your past. Mm -hmm. Because there's always, we know the old terminology, history repeats itself. Yeah. But even like with Thomas, what did Thomas say? Thomas said, I need to understand that I need to touch this guy in order for me to believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what he said. I need to touch him. So obviously, something happened with Thomas. Oh, come on. There it is. Thomas dealt with abandonment. Where a father leaves. And now I don't believe. Because mm. even when, like, when my father left me and when I was 26 and decided to leave, It was an instantaneous, Lord, where are you now? Mm. You know, he decided to move and not see his family anymore. And he had no interest of seeing his children anymore. And you get into that place where, Lord, what is going on? And what did I do? And first, I started thinking about the past. 
you know, like, why is it coming back again? Because when I was a child, my father left my mother twice. Hmm. So this was the third time around. And it's dysfunction breeds dysfunction. And you can see it even with Peter, when Peter was denying Jesus the three times. If you understand what Jesus, you know, he, Peter is called the rock, right? Mm -hmm. He's called the rock. Upon this rock, my church will be built. So how was he easily brought into a place of, I don't know him. What did he expose in his heart? Because remember the word, like he said, let's all go back down to the scripture. You know, the absence of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. Peter denies Jesus three times. What was he afraid of? He was afraid of dying. He was going to yeah. be arrested and probably martyred. Yeah. Yep. He wasn't ready yep. for that. But if you understood Peter's lifestyle and what he was, he was a fisherman. And with the Roman Empire and with taxes and all that stuff and everything going on, Peter was struggling with, you know, authority or people getting in his face and challenging him. And I can guarantee you, being a fisherman back in those days, and the amount of finances and taxation, you know, that's why Jesus brought Matthew in. <laughs> Come on. To stir the pot. <laughs> brought a tax collector in that worked for the Roman Empire. I love that Just, Jesus, I love that he does that. He's he always, does it on purpose. Yes, he does it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Purposely to stir the pot and to see what your character is made out of. Yeah. And that's exactly the reason why he brought Matthew in. Well, he saw that Matthew was going to be an incredible intellect. And the way Matthew writes, you know, in the Bible, mm -hmm. but to bring a tax collector in with Jews is yes. vinegar and oil, man. Yes, it would have been highly controversial. Highly controversial. And I guarantee you these guys, and if you saw, you know, any bits of The Chosen, yes. Peter was struggling dramatically with Matthew because this guy, he's outcast. He, you know, he's disowned. He is not one of us. And so Peter is definitely dealing with, he had probably some major issues with the Roman Empire and Matthew, and he didn't connect well to authority and he didn't connect well to answering to any, oh, there it is. Come on, God, answering to anyone. And when those three individuals questioned him, why didn't he just say, yeah, I am? Yeah, I am. But he chose not to. I don't know this man. And he wasn't prepared. And what did they do? The enemy, oh, there it is. The enemy only has authority where access is given. And I'll say it another way. The enemy only has access where authority is given. So he's only allowed to infiltrate where he's been given authority. And if he's been given authority, it means that you haven't taken authority over that situation. Right. And in those moments, we have all authority in heaven and on earth through Jesus. And we That's have right. to exalt Jesus's authority. You know, there's this kind of this belief in some of the charismatic church that whatever we go through, we then get authority over. And mm -hmm. part of that is true. But there's a higher truth that we can operate in the authority of Christ. That's right. And that is much higher than everything that we've ever faced. Because right now, the truth is that as a believer, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. We are duly sat, which means, John, you and I are sitting here on earth 
and we are sitting in heaven and we are living our life in Christ and he's living his life in us and all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. And so those are the moments when we have to come in and say, listen, listen, you know, you may have had a right to authority here in my life before I became a believer. Mm -hmm. As a believer in Christ, Jesus has sent the curse all the way back to Adam. My job is simply to enforce what Jesus has done, not what I've done. You know, it's so interesting that we're having this conversation today and the Lord is always on time. My devotional time I picked up this morning was the battle is the Lord's. And you and I were both talking. We've kind of both faced a lot of warfare in the past the mm-hmm. past few weeks and things like that. And let's give people some tips to start binding it up and sending it back out of the authority of Christ. Do you want to share some of those? Do you want more authentic worship and fervent prayer? Do you want to unveil the glory, purity, and passion of God's love? I've got a great resource for you. With warmth and piercing insight, Global Apostolic Ministers Stephen and Renee Springer help you embrace God's purifying fire in their book, The Fire of Perfect Love, Intimacy with God for a Life of Passion, Purpose, and Unshakable Faith. When you make love the goal of your life, you won't burn up and you won't burn out. You will bring the transforming love of Jesus to your city, nation, and world. Revealing Jesus listeners get 40% off and free shipping with promo code REVEALINGJESUS at familyownedbakerbookhouse.com. Pick up a copy today and experience the fire of God's perfect love. Just head to the link in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, one of the greatest tips that I was ever given by any individual, it's a very simple, simple thing. It's when you wake up in the morning, you've got to make a choice that who are you going to serve? What are you going to follow? What are you going to believe? It's every day, you know, you've got to get into that place that I'm going to believe. And Hebrews 11.1, you've got to stand on this scripture 24-7. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, meaning that my father is not going to set me up to fail. He's called me. I was born for such a time as this. There's a plan in my life, but every day I have to make a choice to continue. You know, when you get that new debit card in the mail, you've got to activate it. Mm -hmm. Every day you've got to activate your faith. You can't bank on what other people are saying. You can't even bank on your past. You have to bank on that, Lord, I don't care what's going on today. I don't, it doesn't matter what I'm seeing, even if nothing's happening. I have to trust you mm-hmm. and believe and have the mindset to facilitate this scripture and bring it to pass. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, meaning that I know that I know that I know that you, you've got this ministry in your hand. Your marriage is the same thing. You've got to work on your marriage every day. It's not just going to be perfect seven days a week. It's a work in progress, whether or not you've been married 10 years or me going on 36 years. Wow. Every day you've got to make a choice to honor, to serve, to love unconditionally, and to you know keep looking at yourself with value. Because here's the thing, even in marriage, if you start to devalue yourself, 
it doesn't just affect you. It affects those that are watching you, mm-hmm. whether or not you, I mean, I still have three kids in my home, you know, and they're seeing it. They've got to see the spirit of God. They've got to see faith. They've got to see faith in action. But most of all, they've got to see joy. Mm-hmm. Here's the greatest key, Christina, for moving forward. We've got to have joy. The board of the word of God says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. Meaning that how much he loves you, mm-hmm. how much he cares for you, how much he has a plan for you, and how much he delights in you. And joy is laughter, and joy is one of the greatest medicinal agents ever made by the Lord. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when there's so many things that take place in your body scientifically, physically, when you release when there's laughter. Yeah. So many wonderful things take place. And it's the opposite of depression, obviously, and discouragement, bondage. Mm-hmm. But waking up in the morning, getting in the word of God, getting in his presence, you know, and here's another key for the listeners. It's not just enough to get into the word because you can find yourself getting into a routine and just opening up your Bible and reading a scripture, mm-hmm. but not finding yourself in the presence of God where it's literally tangible. It becomes routine. And we're not called to be routine. Sometimes you just got to wait on the Lord and linger Mm. and just wait for that presence. But you've got to constantly reflect, you know, and you look at the times when the Lord got you through, you've got to constantly remind yourself that, yeah, God has a plan for my life and he has a plan for my life today. And you Mm -hmm. have to constantly remind yourself that he's a suddenly God and don't put God in the box and don't orchestrate how God's going to take care of you and how the Lord's going to fund the ministry and how he's going to fund you and how he's going to provide for you. Don't find yourself following a routine that, well, it happened this way this month, so it has to happen this way. God is a suddenly God. And you can also, even with partners, especially in ministries like ours, you cannot be in a place where, you know, I got to have so many partners. Oh, we lost this many partners or this and that. You don't need a hundred partners. You don't need a thousand partners. God can give you one partner mm-hmm. that can provide just like he did with Billy Graham and fund the whole thing. Wow. I didn't know he did that. That is amazing. Come on. The Lord did tremendous things with Billy Graham. Wow. I did not We had that. these words over our life back in the early 2000s when I was a part of Gateway Christian Fellowship and Pastor Brian Simmons. And I told you, he used to be my spiritual father for three years. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Actually I going to Israel with him in October. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. You'll have to tell him I said hello. I want him to come back. Because the Passion Tour. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, amazing. We'll be there in October for 10 days. But we had a word over us that the Lord spoke, and the Lord spoke to somebody and said that the Lord's going to use one particular person mm-hmm. to help fund the ministry. And, you wow. know, so you get into that place that, yeah, Lord, I don't need, I don't need the multitude. Just like Jesus didn't need an entire warehouse full of food, just like Peter said, why don't we tell the people to go and leave and go get their own food? Mm-hmm. And what does Jesus say? You know, they're already weary enough. And he didn't mean, Peter didn't understand that Jesus wasn't talking about physical weariness. He was talking about spiritual weariness. And that's why Jesus said to Peter, what do you have? And he goes, well, we only got a few fish and some barley loaves. And that's all you needed. Only need several to feed the masses because he's this, he's a supernatural provider. He owns cattle on a thousand hills. He were called to be the head and not the tail. 
you know, we're a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. My father's royalty. We're peculiar people. We're supposed to be living in a realm of faith. It doesn't matter if you've got a nine to five and you're making six figures. It doesn't matter. God's still your sword. Mm -hmm. Because that can all change at any time because it changed for me back in 1999 when I was working in the marketplace. And all of a sudden, on April 30th, 1999, after many years of working in the aeronautical industry with a fourth child on his way, I was laid off. Wow. And what couldn't find work for two years. Wow. And that was the beginning of ministry and had no <laughs> idea that God was planning it that way, but I was planning it a different way. I was planning on retiring, I mean, resigning and stepping into ministry gradually. And even, you know, one of my employees that worked for me, it was a recent hire, comes in, comes into work one night and says to me, and I don't even know him, the Lord gave me a word for you. You're getting ready to leave. And I don't even know who that person was. Wow. And a total stranger. How does that make you feel when you're an operations supervisor and your employee is telling you you're leaving? Jeez. <laughs> I remember that. And, you know, I took it two ways. One, who are you to tell me this? Because now I'm offended. Because like, what do you, I mean, I'm the boss. You get in the natural because you got your flesh riled up. And number two, what do you mean, Lord? This is not the way I planned and had no idea that just a few months down the road, I'd get the call. And next thing you know, I was laid off with a bunch of other people because of some workload issues mm -hmm. because it was a governmental contract. And next thing you know, that was it. And you're called. And how we were called into ministry is the Lord told us to leave our home and exit and go to Michigan, Saginaw, Michigan for nine weeks and serve another ministry. And that was the beginning. Mm -hmm. Without any pay, Christine. Yeah. yeah. Nine weeks with four kids. That's pretty incredible. No pay, no wow. honorariums, no offerings. And that's how the Lord, you know, that was our initiation. Yeah. And that's how he tested us and proved us. If you're really hungry, let's see what you're made of. And then you deal with all the stuff from your past and everything from your childhood and everything. And then when you go into ministry and, you know, you have family members and in-laws, my wife's parents, like, where in the world are you guys going? You know? Yeah, it doesn't look good on paper, does it? It doesn't make any sense, but <laughs> you've got to make a choice every day. And, you know, those were the greatest days of her life when you were just trusting God. And we were doing meetings day and night, night and day, mm. and just staying that anointing. And what happens is we can become comfortable. Mm -hmm. And in that place of, you know, Lord, I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy with the way things are going. And the Lord will say, but why are you here? You've made a choice to come into this place. Elijah, why did you come into this cave? You didn't have to. I was with you with the 450 prophets. And it was very obvious that I was with you because the fire came down, did it not? Mm -hmm. You saturated the altar with water and I still burnt it up. <laughs> but now you've settled back and you shrunk back and now you're in a place where you're despondent and you don't have any trust. Because you've taken your eyes off of the supernatural and you put your eyes on the natural. And that's the key for today, Christine, mm -hmm. is taking our eyes off of what we see in the natural and what we hear. And that's why Job at the same time got caught up in his junk and his bondage because he said, What I saw came, that I, what I saw and feared the most came upon me. 
So you opened up the door to the enemy because he was using other stuff and other things to influence you where the door wasn't open and eventually was able to pry open the door and get in and you gave him access. And now every day we've got to make a choice that I'm not going to give him access anymore. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Well, the most wonderful thing is, is this Jesus denied his access and he right. that key. And I'm so thankful. This is what it means to be in a covenant relationship with Jesus. When we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and when we said, Lord, you come and live in me and I will come and live in you. Every battle, John, and you know this, I know you know this, that we face becomes his battle. Mm-hmm. And he fights those battles for us. And that's simply how we fight. So much of what I heard you just say is coming up in the scripture that says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. And so just in all those things, John, that you said, waking up every morning and making mm-hmm. a choice, we are submitting ourselves to God in our thinking. Just like you said, you know, my father is good. He will care for me. And just all of those things, like my voice is significant, I matter, and just all of those things, those are the places where we submit ourselves to God. Right. That's how we resist the devil and then how he flees. That's right. Yeah. The Lord has an awesome plan. And, you know, what I'll do now um, for the sake of time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share that word. I'm going to share that word that we released the other day. Okay. Regarding your life matters. And it was really cool because it just came at a very interesting time and a very interesting moment when the Lord told me to release it. So here we go. It says, your life matters, your purpose significant, and your testimony precious to many. And I thought it's so cool that the Lord wasn't just telling his kids that our life matters. What he was basically also saying was what you've done and what's how I've impacted your life and how you've overcome has been a blessing to many. Maybe you don't see it. Maybe you haven't felt it. But there are more people that have been influenced and more people that have been blessed and touched by the very things in your life. There's been so much that has come against you to stop your faith, but your heart and the light inside of you has pierced the darkness Mm -hmm. and given hope to many. Now prepare yourself for a very significant sudden breakthrough that takes you to the next level of your calling and destiny. And that was the very thing that the Lord was speaking to me about that, that usually, most of the time, that just before something takes place, the Mm -hmm. enemy is doing everything he possibly can to shut you down Mm -hmm. and delay it Yeah, because he knows that something's coming. He knows. Mm -hmm. He's aware. He might not know all the blueprint of it because, you know, we don't release everything that God's told us to say Mm -hmm. or do or go Mm -hmm. and be, but he's aware of it. He's not dumb. Because he only works on what we give him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he will play on that, but he can also sense when something significant is about to take place just by the very presence, the very atmosphere that's going on and the battle that's going on. So he'll put an onslaught on you just to get you into that place of, I might not be able to stop the blessing, but I can delay it. And if I can keep delaying it, it's what your delay the very things that are taking place in your life right now, presently, that you're struggling with, your delay is actually delaying others. Mm. Because the very things that you're called to operate in and be and do and release, if you're not actually 
activated in that and doing it presently because of your junk and your despondence or your discouragement, then other people are being affected as well because they're not experiencing the very things that your God wants to release through you. <laughs> so it affects others. Yeah. And the very actions and choices that we make affects others, whether it's good choices or it's bad choices. But there's always a ramification and it's not just on you. Mm -hmm. That's so good, John. You know, I tell people all the time, what we do here has eternal consequences, mm. especially for the body of Christ, because God is doing something very significant right now. He's allowing and developing this cross-pollination of different denominations, different voices, and he is causing this building up of one another so that we can all come into the knowledge of who we are, you know, in Christ. And if one voice is left out, we're not going to see the true impact that the Lord really wants to have, because even that one voice has something significant to say. And it's, that's right. And I know you know this, like, I feel like I have fought this battle over the significance of my own voice my entire life. And so that's why I tell people the what's why the Lord has me tell people this stuff, you know, because not one of us has escaped this battle. You that's know, right. not one of us has escaped as long as the enemy is the prince of the air. There's going to be a battle. And that battles, we're going to have to make a choice. And remember, what does the word of God say? What does the word of God say? Come on, God. You know, we do not what? Wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against yeah. the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly place. Ephesians 6, 12. Mm. We do not wrestle. But we got three heavens going on. We got the first heaven, which we're on, which is the presence of God here, right where we stand. We got the second heaven where the warfare is taking place. And then we got the third heaven where we're called to go for eternity. And my God, come on, God. I can't even imagine what that second heaven must look like if our spiritual lives were open. Yeah. The I, state I, of warfare. I don't want to see that. I just stay huh. in the third heaven. I stay with uh, Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> I forget into the second man. But I'll tell you what, there are <laughs> I'm the call to that. angelic forces that are fighting for you. Yes, absolutely. And I thank you, Father, for those angels all the time. You know, I've started recently just saying, Lord, send your angels to fight on my behalf. And every time we speak the word of God out, the word of God says that the angels are listening to it and they're responding and they're carrying it out. So thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Father. Well, I had an awesome time today. I know, me too. You know what? We totally went off the normal flow. If you want to listen to some of John's testimony, you can go and check it out. Is I think the episode aired earlier this year, Take the Leadership Challenge with John Natali. But it was so good and we already had it flowing. And so I was just already listening and, you know, just letting him go. So <laughs> This was awesome. I know. Before we go, John, would you pray for our listeners today? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an honor. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for every individual that takes the time to listen to this, that's led to listen to this, and every individual that might need a breakthrough in their life, whether it's emotional, spiritual financial, physical. Lord, but from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet, they would be supernaturally encouraged, equipped, strengthened, revived, refreshed. 
rejuvenated. And we pray for any individual that needs a healing in their body from the top of their head down to the soles of their feet, Lord. The very things that I saw as a young boy and the very things that the door was closed to, God, that sickness and disease is not of you and it has no place. And it does not give you glory, sickness and disease, God. And it's not something that is an attribute of heaven. But I just speak forth, Lord, right now, just a divine suddenly encounter, wherever they're at, wherever they be, that wherever they're listening, that the presence of God would overwhelm them, mm-hmm. Lord, and the wind of God would blow in their hearts and their ear gates, God, their eye gates and their ear gates, God, would open up into a supernatural realm and they would truly experience a sudden supernatural presence like they've never felt before. And I speak for the, over the next six months of this year, the second half of this year, God, that it would be a supernatural encounter, supernatural resources. And even before this month draws to a close, that there would be some significant visitation through visions and dreams and the presence that's just far more than they could possibly ever imagine, God. Lord, and let them feel the wind of God tangible in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Amen. Amen. Lord, let it be. I loved having you back with me here today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Christine. It was an honor again. Oh, of course. Well, God I bless hope- you. Oh, thank you. Well, I hope and I pray today's episode has blessed you. I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. There you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, John Natali. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.